0: Could you guys hear the music in that open that just played? Because I couldn't. I don't know if it's me or the microphone or what's going on. Could you guys hear that music in the open or not? I'll wait for the chat on that. John, with you here on the wrap-up show. Padres win big over the Phillies here tonight. They do so at Petco on Fernando Tatis Jr.'s bobblehead night. They win it eight to nothing. All right, you guys could hear it. I don't know what's going on. It's been a weird day. Um, OK, so the Padres win over the Phillies eight nothing. They even up the series. It's like, where was this baseball in August? Padres have won four or five. They're four and two to start this homestand that'll wrap up tomorrow. Then they begin a nine game road trip. Where was this team in August that we've seen at least to some extent here over the last four or five days, even yesterday in the rally you know, showing some life, but they've won four or five. They win today. Pedro Avalo, I mean, you can't ask for more out of Pedro Avalo with his like 2.2 ERA. Fernando Tatis Jr. hits his 23rd home run. Xander Bogarts has 12 hits in his last five games. Is that right? I think he has 12 hits now in his last four or five games. He was four for four here tonight. So, you know, a lot of encouraging things here for the Padres who remain six and a half games out of a playoff spot who see their elimination number get lowered tonight because Cincinnati did win, I think, in walk-off fashion over the Mariners. So the Padres have an elimination number of 16. San Diego still has 22 games remaining in the season. So there is a lot to get into as you make your way in. As I always say, please subscribe. You're on content for Padres fans. Smash the like button for me if you wouldn't mind. If you're here, Padres win. Hit that like button for us. Please follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. And thank you for the Supers. Um, We really do appreciate your support of this channel. Thank you for the Super Chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. Again, click that dollar sign below the chat box. Whatever you want to talk about in the Supers, we will get to. You can control the direction of the content, questions, concerns, comments, whatever you want to get off your chest. If you want to support the channel, thank you. You can click that dollar sign below the chat box. If you want to become a member of the channel, you can do so by clicking join down below. You'll get custom emojis and badges so um you know it's encouraging is what it is um it's unfortunately not making or breaking anything at this point the Padres remain eight games under 500 but when you see you know Xander Bogarts go four for four hopefully he has a September like he had April I mean he's hitting 272 remarkably uh Xander Bogarts is on the season Luis Campisano had three RBIs in this game um, as he's bounced back, Fernando Tatis Jr. got the Padres on the board. On this his Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead night, hit a 431-foot home run. His 23rd of the year, um, Machado in this game had a hit. Soto had a ground ball base hit, right? So, you know, 10 hits yesterday, 10 hits today, 8-0 shutout went over the Phillies. And really the story was Pedro Avila's ability to spin ground ball double plays, essentially. Nick Castellanos swung at three pitches facing Pedro Avila and he grants it into three double plays. I mean, isn't that amazing? I think he saw just maybe four pitches here tonight, but you know, Avila who walked, I don't know, a handful got out of those spots with ground ball double plays six and two third innings, two hits, no runs, six walks, one strikeout left to a standing ovation at Petco park in front of a a huge crowd on this bobblehead night, 42,970. And again, it was played by the way, two hours and 14 minutes. So, you know, there's some things in there that you like. Pedro Avila, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr. Padres bouncing back from a disappointing loss yesterday when Rich Hill was not good, as he has typically been, unfortunately, in a Padres uniform. And the Padres getting production without Joe Musgrove, without you, Darvish, um, finding a way to win four of your last five games. They'll wrap up this homestand tomorrow against the Phillies. Obviously, every game for the Padres is literally a must-win. There's no guarantee they would make the postseason if they went 22-0 from this point on. So it is a literal must-win. When we talk about must-wins and we talk about them in April, they're not. Um, When it's September and you're six and a half games out, it's a literal must-win for the Padres. And Then a nine-game road trip will begin. Houston, Dodger Stadium against L.A., and then Oakland, where – you know, again, as we continue on this conversation about what do you have to do? You just have to win every single time you play, essentially, and you're going to need some breaks around you. And then you look up at a handful of days. And if you keep winning with great regularity, then maybe you can at least entertain the idea of hanging around until the final week, potentially, of the regular season. But tonight really isn't about what they need to do. It's about what they did, right? Tonight's not about making up six and a half games in the wildcard race. Tonight's not about you know, um, analyzing whether Joe Musgrove or you Darvish are going to return or Bob Melvin's future, or A.J. Preller's future, or what's gone wrong. I mean, we can get into all of it. And I saw the first Super of the night has rolled in, so I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but tonight's just a good win for the Padres is what it is. There have not been a ton of nights like these at Petco. Uh, convincing, impressive, hitting, hitting for a little bit of power and winning eight to nothing. So, you know, you prefer it than the opposite, despite the fact that the Padres – are still eight games under five hundred at 66 and 74. All right, let me get to the first Super of the night. Thank you, J.D. Gacho. always appreciate you hanging out. always appreciate your support. If you want to support again, subscribe, please. And also, we appreciate the Supers. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box. He says, Padres heat up when Jim's away. Interesting. It is a good point. Remember, Jim got himself in some hot water yesterday when he said when the Padres trailed 8-1, I won't come back to San Diego if the Padres win this game. And then he found himself literally rooting against the Padres yesterday as he was texting me, miserable because he was so worried the Padres were going to win and he would never be able to live it down. And he'd be trolled for forever on social media and he would have never gotten over it. It would have taken him like a month to get over it, if not more. Um, It is interesting that Jim just kind of escapes for Philadelphia with his fiance and the Padres, I think since Jim has been gone or four and one. I don't even remember the last time we saw Jim. Gym. Jim's been gone for forever. He's not even back tomorrow. And he might be back tomorrow night in the wrap-up show, although I'm sure he'll bail. Um, he is back on John and Jim on Thursday. There's no wrap-up show Thursday because there's no game. So his next wrap-up show will actually either be tomorrow night, where he'll pretend like he's tired and he can't do it, or Friday, um, following game, one of that Astros-Padres series. But he is back Thursday. For John and Jim, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, by the way, to the John and Jim YouTube channel, click the link in the description down below. We just launched that channel within the last month. We are pushing 1,000 subscribers. We would appreciate it if you subscribe to that channel by clicking the link down below. Um, So, yeah, Padres, you know, again, is it heating up? Is it just playing the way they're capable of playing? We just didn't see it at all in August. I mean, we just flat out did not see this in August. And, of course, at the end of the day, it's going to be too little, too late, unfortunately, for a team that would love to just finish probably at this point at 500. That would still take a pretty good run to finish the year at 500. Um, So, at this point, you know, can you get to 500? Easier said than done. They have not reached 500 or above it since May 10th. And um, we'll see if they can get there or not. It will not be easy with Houston and L.A. on the road. And then the Final 15, you know, you got some winnable series in there, although we've said that a lot. This year about the Padres, can they actually win winnable series when they get to the final 15 games of the year, uh, which will begin with that road series in Oakland to cap off a nine game road trip? You know, it was interesting earlier today on John and Jim, maybe some of you were uh, were with us. There was someone that texted into the show um, that was critical, I think, of my opinion on it. I'm, I'm trying to remember where this came from. I, I said something along the lines of, "You know, I think there's a lot of Padres fans that probably don't uh want to see the Padres spend 400 million plus on Juan Soto to keep him here beyond 2024 and then he was like and, and I said by the way um, yeah, you guys know I'm a f- fan of Juan Soto I don't know you know if the price tag's 4 or 500 million dollars if we're fans of Juan Soto but you know I'd like to see him here long term if possible but his take was dude keep Soto Tatis is a cancer and so is Bob Melvin that was basically his his take he said get rid of Tatis trade Tatis um, because he's a cancer and I, you know, bit back at that, so to speak, earlier today. And then I heard Bob Melvin postgame, you know, pretty passionately as well. I was kind of passionate about it earlier, to be honest. Bob Melvin saying, like, Fernando Tatis Jr. has done everything we've asked of him. He's like, you forget he's coming off a suspension. Again, that was his own fault, but he's still coming off a suspension. He's coming off multiple surgeries. Again, some of that self-inflicted, with the motorcycle accident. But it's like th- this guy had to overcome a lot physically and mentally. And Bob Melvin said he never planned to play him every single day, but that was the position that they're in. He's played every, every day. He switched positions and he's put together a solid year. It has not been a special year, but it's been a solid year. And I think there are building blocks here for him to have a better 2024, but the texture was like, you need to trade Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm like, well, first of all, he's got a trade clause. Secondly, why on earth would you trade your 24 year old under control when he's at like his lowest possible trade value coming off a very mediocre season, at least by his standards. One, excuse me, Fernando Tatis Jr. Should not go anywhere. Like you're invested in Fernando Tatis Jr.'s future. And I don't know if his 2024 is going to be like Ronald Acuna Jr.'s 2023, but look no further than Acuna's 2022 off injury, which was pedestrian like at least for him. And now he's the MVP of the national league with this massive year. Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't know what the future holds. I'm not saying he's going to be an 1,100 OPS player next year. But even if he's better, then all of a sudden you've got one of the better players in the National League. If his 800 OPS turns into a 900 OPS like Mont Soto is is having this year, and you can pair Soto and Tatis in 2024 with Tatis having a better year, then you're at least in a lot better shape. Fernando Tatis Jr. should not go anywhere. Fernando Tatis Jr. is not a cancer on this team. You can be critical. You can say he's made mistakes, but we're all entitled to learn from them. He made mistakes as a 22 and 23 year old. So did we, so did everyone. He just happened to be under a microscope, not to excuse some of his decisions or some of his actions over the last 12 or 24 months. But can't we learn from things? And by the way, can't we be be better off in the long run? Like, we don't know what's going to happen with Fernando Tatis Jr. moving forward. He may never be the player that we saw in 2019, 20, or 21, or he may be better in 2024. So I'm giving Tatis the benefit of the doubt. I am not blaming Fernando Tatis Jr. for the direction of this season. If anything, it feels like he's done everything that's been asked of him. He's missed no time. He's played in the outfield. He's batted everywhere in the lineup. He's even played some center field. Bob Melvin's spoken glowingly about him. Right. So it's like, you know, again, everyone wants to blame someone. And like I've repeatedly said, there's not one person you should be pointing your blame towards. It's up and down. It's everywhere from ownership to the 26th player on the roster. There's probably some culpability or blame to go around. Yeah, you can hold others. You know, there's there's a few players that are probably above reproach, so to speak, like Blake Nelson, an amazing year might win the National League Cy Young. Hassan Kim has put together a really nice year considering what the expectations were. You've plugged him into the leadoff spot and he's contributed nearly every single day. And the truth is Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bogart have struggled in clutch situations all year long. That's truthful and it's accurate. But it's not like it's only because of Tatis or even it's only because of the big four. There's there's areas we could look at and we could discuss the areas where it's gone wrong. And it's across all parts of this team, from their bench, to their lineup, to their rotation, to their bullpen, to their coaching staff, to their manager, to their general manager, to the owner. That's how you end up at a spot where you're 66 and 74. But to put a positive spin on it, I think there's a lot of positives in Fernando Tatis Jr.'s season. I really do. Um, again, I don't know what the expectations were. I was very excited to see the return of Fernando Tatis. I think with the benefit of hindsight, it was probably unfair for us to ask him to be the exact same player and contributor he was before the injuries and the suspension. Like you were asking a lot. There have been some low moments in there. Although I think he's dealt with it all well, playing on the road, overcoming adversity, reactions from crowds, to post a 798 OPS season, which is, again, solid, not spectacular, but better than Hassan Kim's season, better than Manny Machado's season, better than Xander Bogart's season, basically better than everyone's season, other than Juan Soto's for the Padres. 23 home runs, again, not the number maybe you were expecting when the season started, although he did miss 20 games, and there's still 20 games to go. He could finish high 20s. Still, potentially, he's capable of going on a run. He could hit six or seven home runs here in September or more, possibly. So, again, a long tangent to tell you that I'm still high in Fernando Tatis Jr. I would never sell low on Tatis. He's got a no trade clause. He's 24. And if I'm betting on futures, I'm betting on the futures of the 24-year-olds, Tatis and Soto, before I'm betting on the futures of the 31-year-olds in Machado and Bogarts. And you're going to need Machado and Bogarts, by the way, in 2024, And Bogarts, to his credit, has played well here down the stretch. Manny Machado has not been healthy, obviously. He's DH what five consecutive games. So clearly, Machado's not healthy. I think once this team is officially eliminated, whenever that is, if there's a day to go in the season or a week or two weeks, I think at that point you probably sit Machado would be my guess. And then we'll see how Bogarts is feeling and playing. The way he's feeling and playing right now is apparently pretty good. So maybe he's able to finish the year. But anyone that's got anything that is nagging, I think you shut down once you're officially eliminated and anyone that's considering come back, coming back. I don't think you even entertain that unless you put yourself in a very realistic spot and you know, whatever that is, but you can't say six and a half back with 22 to play is realistic. And therefore Joe Musgrove should return in three days to pitch because you're six and a half back. If you pull in a game and a half, two and a half, three and a half, whatever it is with however many games remaining, you have to make a determination. So yeah, you might want to prepare and plan to get a Joe Musgrove back and or a Hugh Darvish, but there's no need to do something that is unnecessary and everything will be dictated by the standings and the way this team plays. And that's just the way this team plays. I mean, they can keep winning, but if the Reds keep winning, if the Diamondbacks keep winning, they lost tonight, by the way, to Colorado – uh giants have really struggled in here miami's been great but if these teams in front of you continue to win then there's no real motivation to bring back the musgroves and the darvishes even i think work talked about the possibility of getting back for the postseason um and then there is probably motivation to give machado you know a handful of days off potentially to end the season if and when you're officially eliminated for now we can continue down the path of hey you never know. Um, and dreaming big and just keep winning and look up at some point and maybe they're closer than six and a half games back. But even a day like today where everything goes well for you on field, you get Pedro Avila, who's been great. You get Fernando Tatis, Jr., Xander Bogarts. You take advantage of some miscues from the Phillies early um, and you win eight nothing, but your elimination number still goes down. And that's because Cincinnati won today in walk-off fashion. So that number actually going down three in the last two days. It was at 19 entering yesterday they lost Reds 1, Reds 1 again today, and that elimination number has shrunk to 16. So there's still time. 16, that's not going to be erased in a day. Um, and we'll see how long they can fend that thing off over the next you know, week or two or three. All right. If you're here, please subscribe. If you're here, smash the like button for me. Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Thank you for the supers. Click the dollar sign below the chat box if you want to contribute Um, to the work. It's hard for me to really keep up with the chat when I'm doing these shows solo, by the way. So thank you guys. I'm not sure what's going on in the chat, but thank you guys for interacting and uh, conversing here tonight. Um, You know, a couple of other things here in this game. You know, Tom Cosgrove's had a great year. We don't talk a ton about the bullpen other than Josh Hader and Robert Suarez. Um, Cosgrove got the final out there in the seventh inning. How about Pedro Avila leaving to a standing ovation in front of a sellout crowd on a September 5th night when the team is nine games under 500. Padres fans have been incredible. Padres fans have been simply incredible. It's just been unbelievable to watch. There are teams in similar spots that are drawing 15,000 people a night. There are teams with proud, rich histories like the St. Louis Cardinals that aren't drawing a lick right now. And the Padres have marketed well and Padres fans have been incredibly supportive through what has been as disappointing of the year as you can possibly envision Especially for you know hardcore fans that are you know consuming this day in and day out, like everyone that's here right now, live or on replay. So it's been disheartening, but what's been heartening, if that's a word, has been Padres fans and the support that each and every one of you has shown over the course of the last five plus months. I mean, to see forty three thousand—I know it's a bobblehead night, but it's Tuesday night—and there's forty three thousand people there. And I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow with the day game. It's a very good pitching matchup, by the way. Tomorrow, Waka-Wheeler, great pitching matchup, 110 start. It won't be 43,000, but again, even 30,000 plus for a Wednesday, September 6th. I mean, we we remember what it looked like in like 2017, 2018, when there were like 9,000 people in the ballpark. I think I went to an August game against the Phillies in 2017, And there were like 12,000 people there, maybe. And like, it felt like 8,500 of them were Phillies fans. I mean, a lot has changed in a relatively short period of time. And the Padres at this point only have seven home games remaining tomorrow, then three against the Rockies and three against the Cardinals. Um, Three of those seven games in a weekend, the final home series of the year, the Cardinals 22nd, 23rd, 24th. The other home series is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against the Rockies. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think there's at least one built-in giveaway in there. So it's just been crazy. Um, and they got seven home games. Someone will have to do the math for me. I don't even know where they are right now in overall attendance, but they're passing that 3 million threshold, right? I'm pretty certain they are. I think they might pass the 3.1 million threshold. Someone's, someone has to update us um, where the Padres are right now in attendance um, through tonight with seven. Do I have that right now? seven home games remaining? Yeah. Seven home games remaining, a ton of road games, seven home games to 15 road games. After tomorrow, it's 15 on the road, six at home to finish for the Padres. So, you know, if there's a takeaway from this season that is a positive, it's this incredibly loyal fan base. I don't know what it's going to mean for 2024. I don't know if we're going to see as many fans in 2024 based on the disappointment of 2023. But, um, we could. I mean, again, with the with the marketing, with the promotions, with some of the stars on this team, if they get off to a good start, I think if they get off to a good start, um, there's definitely a possibility for them to, you know, potentially draw like they have here in 2023. Um, let's see here. Quan Quan says I'm question, does Ava look at a shot to be a starter next season? I mean, he's really taken advantage of this opportunity, has he not? I mean, who ever envisioned this for Pedro Avila? And I don't know. I guess there's a possibility because they're going to have some question marks when it comes to the rotation. Um, we'll wait on the health of Darvish and Musgrove to begin 2024. We'll wait on the futures of Michael Waka and Seth Lugo with opt outs. And then from there, it's not like they've got a lot, you know, caked into the system. Of course, they can add via free agency, and there will be moves. But maybe. I mean, maybe if you start a year with like a six-man rotation or maybe you lose a Waka or a Lugo and Avila is something like your five-man, can he replicate this? Can he do it from the get-go? Will he have the ability to throw as many innings as required of a starter in 2024? I can't answer all of that. But again, lost in a bad season are good moments and players that have emerged. Tom Cosgrove, Pedro Avila, Hasan Kim, right? So there is some good, even though the overall result has not necessarily been good. Pedro, I don't even know what this means. I bet if this was a Philadelphia podcast, John would believe. Believe what? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't get it. So you can follow up. Uh, Every so often, thank you for the Super Chat, guys. If you're here, thank you. Please subscribe. Thank you for the Supers. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. I'll get to all of the Super Chats here tonight. And every so often says the team finally looks like They're having fun. Great point. I'm glad you segued there because it feels like once the pressure came off, you saw the Padres, at least to start the month over the last five days, play to their capability and ability. I mean, this is a team and this continues here today that when they get out in front, they win a lot. And when they have multiple run leads or larger, they hold them. And you look at these four wins in the last five games, and they've had, I think, two four-run wins, a five-run win, and an eight-run win. This is how the Padres win. This is why they have the fourth-best run differential in the National League. Their run differential, compared to everyone else vying for the third wild card right now in the NL, is drastically better, better than all the teams, Cincinnati, Miami, San Francisco, whomever else is in there. I'm forgetting someone. But the Padres are running away with it in run differential, but it is not the indicator we were hoping it would be because what has held true all season is they'll beat someone 5-0 and they'll lose 3-2. They'll beat someone 6-1 and they'll lose 4-2. I think they've lost eight consecutive games decided by two or less runs. They're 6-22 and in one-run games. They're 0-11 in extra innings. So those pressure situations have not benefited the Padres. Now, I'm with you. It kind of felt like once the season – determination was was final like once we knew where this thing was headed and it's not to the postseason it's almost like that relieved everything in that clubhouse and they just decided let's just play loose and free now I don't know if we have enough of a sample size to say that but if they finish September playing the way they've started September and they get to like 82 and 80 on the year which would still be really good baseball right because they are 66 and 74 so to get to 82 and 80 they would have to finish 16 and 6 right? So play their best baseball of the year and then add the four and one run they're on right now. And they would be 20 and seven in their final 27 games to finish over 500 at 82 and 80. And you'll, you'd probably say after that, man, I wish that they did it earlier, man, how come they could play like that in September, but not August or July. Um, And we'd be left scratching our heads and saying, coulda, woulda, shoulda would be my guess if they're able to finish that way. But yeah, you're right. They look like they're having fun. Um, and it looks like the pressure's off right now. Does that change if they keep winning and put themselves back in a position where they're kind of quasi-alive? I don't know. But for now, I guess we should just enjoy it because they're playing some of their best baseball of the year. Again, the sample size is not large. The sample size right now is, um, is small. Obviously, the last five games, I don't think we can read too much into it. But you know, if five games turns into 10 or if 10 games turns into 15... Um, I guess we can read into it more. Uh, Let me see here. Just trying to catch up in the chat. Stand by, guys. All right. Let me get to this uh, super from Richard Flores. Richard, I appreciate it. Guys, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for the supers. You can just click that dollar sign below the chat box. Padres over the Phillies tonight in shutout fashion. Down at Petco, 8-0. Richard, as he always says, is a Dodger fan. He says, Dodger fan here. I like Bob Melvin. It would be a bush league move to show him the door. San Diego trades Tatis right after Dodgers DFA Benton Freeman agreed on that. Tatis isn't going anywhere. I don't know about Melvin. I don't know about his motivations. I don't know about the team's motivations. Um, I'm, you know, I would suspect that Bob Melvin, who has been a, you know, kind of a lifer, isn't in a position where he would, you know, by his own choice, walk away. Although maybe this season has taken a, a toll on Melvin, the disappointment of this season. If Melvin doesn't go on his own, will the Padres force him out? Definitely a possibility. He's got one year left on his deal. Um, it would be somewhat surprising if he were back and he wasn't extended at least one additional year, although it does happen in today's baseball with managers entering quote-unquote lame duck seasons. I don't think it's as impactful as it was uh It was, or seemed to be a handful of years ago. So I don't know what's going to happen with Bob Melvin. I really don't. I think he's handled the disappointment of this season well. Um, We had Annie Habern on today from the UT on John and Jim, and she kind of spoke to that point that like, what else could you ask of Bob? He's kind of um, managed gracefully considering the way the team has performed. You can be critical of Bob Melvin. I have, but it's hard to be critical of the way he's interacted with the media. Um, during a really disappointing year. I think he's been a pro's pro, to be honest with you. I know it's cliche, but I think he's handled it the right way. It hasn't worked out the way he would have wanted it to. And maybe he hasn't managed up to his capabilities. I mean, that's a possibility um, that we've discussed repeatedly here. So I don't know what happens. I don't. Does AJ Preller have the ability to hire another manager? Do the Padres um, run it back, so to speak, in 2024 and not make changes? Will they be able to do that? Will there be outcry from the organization or excuse me, from fans of the organization saying, Hey, change is necessary based on the disappointment of this year. I I don't really know. Um, But I think there's a lot of people that probably agree that they'll be frustrated if it's Melvin to go. And that's the only move, the only real change that happens this off season, right? If the front office stays intact and, you move on from Bob Melvin, have you really changed your fortunes moving forward? I guess would be the question if you are a Padres fan, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of Padres fans also that, that hold Bob Melvin accountable for the way this team has performed this year. So uh, I think there's probably two ways to look at it when it comes to Melvin um, a year ago, we were told that he's as good of a manager as there is in the game. And a year later they may move on from him tells you all you need to know really about um, professional sports. All right. Thank you again, Richard. Let me get to this from J.D. Gacho. Thank you, J.D. Gacho. He says, I believe the embarrassment of 2023 will motivate them in 2024. Nobody likes having their pride hurt, especially pros. They'll be out for redemption. I I mean, I'm as curious and excited about 2024 as anyone is. It's one of those things that nobody really has a good feel for it. It's complete blank canvas. I don't think you feel overly great if they finish you know, like they are right now, eight games under 500 or something like that. And then you say, hey, we'll be better in 2024. Well, why will they be better in 2024? Even if they close with momentum and win, you know, meaningless quote unquote games in September, will people feel better if they finish at 80 and 82 or 82 and 80? Um, But there's something in there. The fact that they've just lost in every way imaginable, They've been terrible in one-run games. They've been awful in extra innings. Seemingly, they've done everything in their power to not win games that were very winnable. Maybe you just run it back, as stupid as that sounds, and play 162 again and get off to a better start and put yourself in a better spot. But what if that doesn't happen? And what if 2024 mirrors or look similar to 2023. Well, at that point you have wholesale changes. You'd have a complete change. You'd have a new manager. You'd have a new general manager. You'd have a completely new look to your organization if that happened in 2024. I just don't envision that you can... First of all, some people don't envision you can even do it right now in 2023 and get away with it, but you can't do it. I know you can't do it in 2023 and 2024 and get away with it. So, like, If 2023 wasn't a make or break year, then 2024 has to be a make or break year. You just can't spend $250 million in payroll and miss out on the postseason and back-to-back years. I mean, there's there's no way you can do that. And there's no way you can do that without holding someone in a high level accountable. And that's probably above the manager chair if this team misses out on the postseason in, um, in 2024. All right, guys. While we have a moment, I do want to remind you about our title sponsor here on the wrap-up show. That is my good friend and a big-time supporter of the channel, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. As I've told you for years now, at this point, Mark is the title sponsor of the wrap-up show. I've got three insurance policies with Mark. Life insurance picked up within the last year. Homeowner's insurance, I've had it for over two years. Earthquake insurance that I've had for over two years as well. And then homeowner's insurance came in handy last year when we had a flood, had to replace our flooring. We were out of our place for multiple weeks and Mark took care of everything because he's a great insurance agent. You can take that from me. He's got great service and communication. He handled everything for me and my family. He saved us thousands of dollars. He saved us dozens and dozens of hours. So if you have any insurance need, Mark says San Diego. huge Padres fan, lifelong Padres fan. You can get a free quote online, okay, by clicking the link in the description down below, or you can call him. He'll talk to you about the Padres, and i will get you a free quote. Over the phone, whatever it is, auto, home, renters, life, earthquake, business, whatever your insurance needs are. The next time you have a renewal, before you just check renew or send that check back in, call Mark. He can save you $750 or more just by switching your insurance over to him. Call him if you need information on a renewal. Call him if you're looking for information on a new policy as well. Mark, thank you for your longtime support of the channel. And again, for our listeners and viewers, if you have any insurance need, take it from me. Call Mark Nimitz. Click that link in the description down below. All right, John Schaefer with you here on the wrap-up show. Padres shut out the Phillies eight nothing on a Tuesday night down at Petco. They've got Game Three of the series, the rubber match Wednesday at one ten. Zach Wheeler, it's been very good. Ten and six, a three six two. Michael who has been better, eleven and two, with a two point eight five ERA. All right, let me get back to these supers. And again, guys, thank you for. Subscribing and thank you for the super chats. You can click the dollar sign below the chat box. I'll get to every single super chat here tonight. Uh, Jason, thank you, man. Appreciate the super. He says, Winning is always better than losing, and let the chips fall where they may. Best Padres show on the tube. Uh, your baseball knowledge is top tier. Thank you, Jason. Really do appreciate that. When you do something like this each and every day and someone says something like that, it means a lot. Really does, Jason. Um, this isn't always the easiest thing to do, especially when the team isn't playing great. And you can imagine, uh, the complexities of trying to do a year round nightly show married with a child, (laughs) not the easiest thing in the world to do, but I do appreciate you saying that we're passionate about what we do. Uh, we do it for Padres fans. It's the only reason why we are here. Um, I appreciate you mentioning that about my baseball knowledge. I came up, um, you know. Loving the sport and then spent 15 years um, calling professional baseball games in the minor league. So I got a lot of passion for baseball. You might not always agree with my opinions, but I do appreciate uh, the shout out there, Jason. That does seriously um, mean a lot. So I do appreciate that. Really do. Um, You know, regarding the situation that the Padres are in, would anything be different if they won yesterday? Well, yes and no. And the reason I say that is, well, they'd be five and a half games out of a playoff spot. There'd still be 22 games to play. Their odds of making the postseason would still be incredibly low. But you'd have this belief in you that they overcame a hurdle, the hurdle being, well, they can't win four games in a row. They can't put together a long winning streak, right? And they just aren't capable of going on a run like they're going to need to go on to put some pressure on teams in front of them. That's the difference between winning and losing yesterday. By losing yesterday, you kind of restart the clock. You know, hey, we still haven't won four in a row. Did you hear the stat? I mentioned it today on John and Jim. I didn't know it yesterday when we were talking about this. Everyone knows they're the only team that hasn't won four in a row this year. But listen to this incredible stat. Since 2017, there's only one other team that has not won four games in a row in a season. Other than the 2020 pandemic year, which was 60 games. There were two teams that didn't win four in a row that year. If you eliminate that year, Fair or not? I think it's fair because it was a 60-game season. So for this statistic, I think it's at least reasonably fair. Take 2020 out. You got 17, 18, 19. You have 21, 22, 23. Six seasons of baseball. There are two teams that have failed to win four in a row in a season. I forget who the other team is, by the way. I should probably know that. But there are two teams that have yet to win four in a row in any season since 2017. And the Padres of 2023 are one of them. So the point is this. They're not deserving of anything other than what they've, you know, anything other than the way they've played this year, right? They're just not deserving of it, unfortunately. What team in the history of this sport is deserving of even being in a position to, to, you know, vie for a playoff spot at 66 and 74 without a four-game winning streak? I think Kevin had the stat in his newsletter, Kevin A.C. maybe today, that there's no team since at least 2000 that's made the postseason without a four game winning streak. And shoot, if you go back before 2000, when it was harder to make the postseason, I'm hard pressed to believe there's ever been a team in the history of baseball that has made the postseason without winning four consecutive games. I mean, how would you do it? So you get what you earn is the point, unfortunately. And this is a tough lesson in life. We've all been there. It's like, sometimes you work for something and sometimes you don't. And if you don't work for it, it's hard to complain at the end of the day. You didn't earn it. It's one of those simple life lessons that we have, if you have children, you have it with your four-year-old or your five-year-old, like you got to work for something. And unfortunately in professional sports, it's not about just working for it. To be honest with you, it's a black and white business. You got to win and close losses. No one cares. Good run differentials. Nobody cares. High expectations. Nobody cares. You just have to do it on field. And this isn't for a lack of trying, right? I mean, we've we, we're critical of Juan Soto for saying we quit at times whenever he said that back in August. I mean, there have been some interesting quotes around this team this year. There's no question about that. But in professional sports, I'm not saying anyone's cutting any corners, but the end result is the result. This is a very simple business, although it's not simple, but it's either win or go home type stuff, which is cliche, right? I mean, you either win or changes are made to win. That's how professional Sports work. So this isn't about not getting work in. This isn't about not trying by and large, even though at times it looks like the Padres haven't necessarily tried um, this season, fair or unfair, but at the end of the day, they're 66 to 74. So they haven't earned it. And are they going to earn it here in September? Well, it's going to be too little, too late, unfortunately, um, based on the way they've played for five months. I mean, not that the Hayes fully in the barn, other cliche, but, you're 85% of your season in. I mean, you, you've you've played 140 and you have 22 to play. So what is that? You've played seven-eighths of your season. You've played 87% of your season. Hayes not fully in the barn, but Hayes kind of fully in the barn at this point. So they did it to themselves. And sometimes that happens. And will they learn from it in 2024? Will they improve based on what happened here? Will they have more urgency? Will they get off to a better start? Will they overcome adversity? Will they be better in one-run games? Will they win in extra innings? I mean, they can't do this again. They can't be this bad again, can they? That's hard to imagine that they would replicate this. But we are talking about the San Diego Padres. Tomorrow he's flying back, A.B. He will not be on our radio show. He may be on the wrap-up show. But if I know... um, If I know... Jim, he may also not. He may also not. I don't know who this is intended for, great friends. I don't know if this is something to chat or if it's intended for me. Please follow up. I'm curious to hear more on your thoughts. Um, but I would like to hear your thoughts here. Are you referring to me mentioning Kevin or are you referring to something in the chat? That's what I'm curious to know, great friends. Please follow up in the chat. I would appreciate it. I really would. Um, so yeah, we've gone off on some tangents here tonight. Fernando Tatis Jr. he's not going anywhere. Padres have kind of done this to themselves. I don't know about Bob Melvin's future. I don't know about AJ Preller's future. I'm led to believe he's not going anywhere. He's under contract through 2026. Um, so we can we can discuss you know the the issues with Preller and how he's put them in this spot and how it's not going to change if AJ Preller is the general manager, and that's fine. And we can have those conversations, but. I don't know if it's going to do anything. Um, if if the only way you're going to be confident in the Padres doing something productive in 2024 is to change a GM, then unfortunately, I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. And I don't know how confident you're going to be heading into um, into the offseason. Because I think come October 2nd, the day after the season, um, my guess is that you're going to hear from Peter Seidler. You're going to hear from AJ Preller. There'll be a level of accountability, responsibility, and blame, and they're going to move forward. And I don't know the positioning or the, you know, the yeah, opining or whatever, whatever they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to position this from an organizational perspective moving forward, but my guess is they're going to do it with AJ Preller at the helm. Now, do people make changes to their minds? Of course they do. Could Peter Scyther have changed his mind since the 1st of July when he spoke with Kevin Acey? of the UT and said that AJ Preller is excellence and, you know, he likes stability and he thinks he's a brilliant baseball mind. Again, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I don't know if, um, if anything's going to change. I think it's always a possibility with human beings. We have the right to change our minds. So I think it's a possibility that it could change, but I'd be surprised he's under contract through 2026. He's been elevated from GM to whatever the current title is, where he oversees baseball operation, So I'd be surprised. Would I be surprised if Bob Melvin um, it was let go? I wouldn't, but I think there's also a possibility that he returns in 2024. But this is all, we're going to know the answers on this in three or four weeks. It's like, we don't even have to offer our opinion on it. Um, we're going to know the answer to it. Um, great friends. I don't understand any of your comments here tonight. John, why did you mention that the Rich Hill trade was just for show? What What, what did I say? follow up. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't Chad. It's a good question. I mean, I'm not spending time in the clubhouse. I'm spending time with you guys. So um, I would presume that there's at least two that I know of Manny Machado, who is completing his fifth season with the Padres and Joe Musgrove, who's in the midst of his third season, obviously right now on the IL, you know, those are two of them. I think there's more than just two. I think there's other players that the rest probably turn to in times of distress um, whether it's in-game you know out of game clubhouse etc oh i'm an idiot <laughs> i've been using my that was the problem i'm such an idiot i was using the wrong microphone why didn't you text me and, and jim has the time to text me but he can't join the show Hold on. I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I did the John and Jim radio show today and we put it on YouTube. And in the first 10 minutes of the show, I was muted because this is all for Jim. This is Jim. What do you mean you weren't watching? You're watching on replay? <laughs> Get in here, you idiot. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, if if it's my computer audio, I think you guys could still hear. (laughs) Why are you in bed watching this show at 118? Go to sleep. He just put he's going to sleep. (laughs) I'm such an idiot. When it comes to technology, I'm an idiot. When it comes to life, Jim's an idiot. But when it comes to technology, I can absolutely be an idiot. All right. Okay. So I'm just, I'm trying to catch up. Anyway, that's what I think, Chad. I mean, there, there's another, pl- I mean, Xander Bogarts is a two-time champion in Boston. I think over time he'll become one of the leaders if he isn't already, but clearly it's Manny. Clearly it's Musgrove. Um, from there, good question. Um, you know, you'd like to think that Joe Musgrove has all the characteristics of being a good leader. Manny Machado, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not spending time around Manny Machado. Uh, obviously there've been some reasons to believe he can lead there's probably reasons to believe he can't he's one of these players that when things are going well he kind of you know i I think you just ride the hot hand with manny machado but when things are going poorly i think he can lead you in that direction as well just my speculation from the outside um but those are clearly two of the leaders for the padres clearly jim stop bothering me although you kind of helped me the is the audio that much better now was the audio that bad it must have been pretty bad to be honest Um, Carlos, here's the thing. Jim's really good with this stuff like social and tech and all this stuff, but we don't even know where to get started on discord. It's like, we have so many other things with the radio show with John and Jim on YouTube with the wrap up show. I do an Aztec wrap up show channel. I don't even know where to start there. So I'm deferring to Jim on that. If Jim ever says, Hey, we need a discord channel. Then I'll be like, great. Let's have a discord channel. If Jim never says that, then I don't think we'll ever get it off the ground. But I know that there's people that kind of swear by it. And I know there's communities that use Discord. It's a way to probably strengthen a community. But you guys are amazing. We, I see the same people in here live around replay each and every night. So I don't know. Do we really Do we need it? I feel like we're discussing the Padres 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. So I don't know if we need more. But potentially we do. Bother, bother Jim about that, Carlo. Seriously. When he comes back. Whenever he comes back. Like, yeah, it's a good point. I wish we, I don't know who, who, who Ben Fadden. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know who to hire. Um, okay. While well, we have a moment, it's been a little bit of an S show, hasn't it? This is what happens when Jim goes away. Get back here, Jim. Seriously. Um, I want to thank our partner here on the wrap up show, our friends over at Aura. Their co founder, Will, is a huge Padres fan. Uh, native San Diego, and they've got offices right here on Liberty Station in San Diego. This is a great company. Their Labor Day sale is still going on, by the way, right now. So check it out, ORA.organic, or click the link in the description down below. You can save 15% on subscriptions with the promo code of Labor Day 23 It's at the top of the screen. If you go to ORA.organic, or click the link in the description down below. They have all plant-based supplements. Every single one of them is plant-based, whether it's the probiotic, which I take every single day, for digestion, heart health, mental health, and more. Whether it's the pre-workout supplements or proteins for after workouts, omega-3 oils, if you take fish oils, they have the omega-3 oils that are plant-based. They have immunity pills, sleep pills, and more. You can shop at ora.organic, find all of their products. Everyone would love to get healthier. If you support our channel, please support a local business doing business with us like Will at Ora, ora.organic.org. Everyone could use something from Aura. Please check them out as you watch. Shop at ORA.organic. Again, save 15% on subscriptions right now with the promo code LaborDay23. That's LaborDay23. And thank you guys over at Aura for your long-time support, probably about two years now, your long-time support of the wrap-up show. Um, All right. So, again, it's been one of those days. Did we talk about Castellanos? Thank you, Rich. I know Rich was at this game. I know we've been texting back and forth. You don't see that every day. You don't see that every day. Avila, you know, listen, he, he wasn't great with command, right? Five or six walks, some leadoff base runners, but he erased everything. These Nick Castellanos kept rolling over. He grinded into three double plays in this game. I think he was 0 for 4. Did he see four pitches? I think he saw something like four pitches. I mean, how many guys in baseball history have grounded into more than three double plays in a game? Let me answer that. Probably zero. So an awful game for Nick Castellanos, which, whatever, worked out well for the Padres. Um, Pitcher's best friend, those ground ball double play balls, and that worked out beautifully for Avila, erasing some of those walks because he didn't allow many hits. I think he allowed just two. The Phillies had only three today. remember yesterday, the Phillies had like a million hits, a lot of it early against Rich Hill, but not tonight, not against Avila, not against the bullpen tonight for the Padres, and yeah, I mean, wow, grinding into three double plays, yeah, not a good look unless um, unless you're a Padres fan. Yeah, what was the deal with Harper? He's like looks completely different, right? Because he's he shaved off his facial hair. He looks so weird. I was looking at tonight when he was talking to Machado after Machado singled at some point in this game, and it was a I was like, who is this guy? He looked so different. It's amazing what shaving will do for someone. I thought he looked so different. And I agree with you. He looks, yeah, like, dude, you kind of like lost a little bit of the look by shaving. Now, maybe he grows it back for the postseason with it being September. But, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a really good point. I do. Yeah, less intimidating. He does. He looks less intimidating. I don't even know what kind of streak is he on. The Phillies have been on a really good streak. Like a really good streak. Yeah, I mean, the double plays were huge tonight in general. Okay, so he was 0 for 15. That's crazy. Man, you shave off an 0 for 15? Okay. Okay. Pedro, I'm putting you in timeout <laughs> just because it's fun. So you'll be in timeout for five minutes. You can enjoy being in timeout. Pedro for five minutes. Um what else, guys? What are we missing tonight? We got time. If there's anything you want to that's on your mind, what do you guys want to chat about for the next 10 minutes? Tomorrow, again, opportunity, I would say, win a series against the Phillies. That's a good series win against a team that's played great in the second half that had your number out of the all-star break. They took three out of four. Um So go win that series and then kick off that nine-game road trip. You get Thursday off. They don't play on any Thursday, I don't think, in September. So they'll have every single Thursday off. Um, We'll see what happens on the road. This is not some easy trip. I'm sorry. Houston and then the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Oakland, you know, who knows? By then, who the hell knows? But um, it's not an easy trip. It's not an easy trip. And it's impossible to ask them to be you know, perfect or even near perfect on a trip like this. Can they play good baseball? I think that alone is what we should be asking for. You got to forget about the standings for a second because they're so far removed from them. And you just got to play better baseball for whatever it's worth just to have some pride. I argued a week ago, just go out and lose. You have nothing to play for. And you could argue that that's easy, but who wants to see it? I think that from a sheer you know, perspective of impacting yourself in a positive manner in 2024, you might just say, well, just lose every single game and then improve your draft stock. And then maybe change comes and maybe that's good for the organization. But is that fun? I mean, we're all here every single night watching these games. Do we really want to see them go 0-23 or 2-21? and No. I mean, at this point, it is what it is. And you follow along for the last 140 games and now all of a sudden you're rooting for them to lose. That makes no sense. That absolutely makes no sense. So... Let's see what they can do. Let's see if they can win tomorrow. And let's go from there, I guess is the way I look at it. Um, Great friends. No. Will you have a Mexican League wrap-up show once the season is over? No. Does the Mexican League continue into October? I don't even know the answer to that. Um, If it did, I would consider it. No. I have three channels, which I feel like is enough. Wrap-up show, John and Jim, Aztecs wrap-up show, which is more of like a a hobby at this point, the Aztec wrap-up show. I'm only doing it like once a week. Just getting it off the ground a couple of months ago. Started it. Um, Haven't had a ton of content, but I've been doing shows after Aztec football games. I'll do it after Aztec basketball games as well. I don't think my fourth channel would be on the Mexican league. I think if anything, someone suggested today, if I did a fourth channel, it would be like San Diego's MLS team. The problem with that is I know nothing about soccer. Nothing. Uh, Jay Quadra, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I mentioned it earlier today. You may have missed it here on the wrap-up show too. I spent like 10 minutes on it. Because Bob Melvin kind of doubled down on it tonight as well. He's like, what else are you going to ask of this guy? He's done everything we've asked of him. Has it been the greatest season in baseball history? No, but like, was that fair to ask him to have the greatest season in baseball history off his suspension and two, actually three surgeries, two body parts, shoulder and wrist, three surgeries, and 800 OPS. He's been better than most players in the big leagues, not all. And again, it hasn't been perfect. Okay, that's all right. Hopefully he's better. In 2024, but he should literally go nowhere. The idea of moving Fernando Tatis Jr., which again will never happen with his no trade clause, and you'd never move him um, off a, you know, whatever, low point. It's not even that low, but it's lower than he's been. Um, And he's owed a lot of money. And No, he's staying. And you want to reap the rewards of Fernando Tatis Jr. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. Um, What else, guys? Just looking at the chat here, trying to get caught up. Yeah, maybe a kombucha show. That's not a terrible idea. It's actually a pretty good one. It's a very good one. I don't even know, man. I I'm a vegetarian. I I don't know. I'm, I'm not motivated you you guys know this if you've watched this show or listen to me and Jim. I'm not like a huge like foodie. I'm not motivated by food, which is very weird. Like Jim loves food. He loves the idea of going out to these beautiful restaurants and Michelin star this and celebrity chef that. I don't care. I Just just give me something. If I'm hungry, I just want to eat. Um, I'm John. Bodybuilding? No, I don't think so. No, I don't want to go on the whole tangent here. I want to keep it to Padres because it's a Padres channel. But in the top 20 is the answer. But subscribe to my Aztecs wrap-up show. Search for it on YouTube. Would appreciate it. Um, someone asked me my thoughts on the Savannah Bananas. I think it's pure genius. To be honest with you, it's the globe trotters of baseball. Um, you may not love it, um, but you know they're in the business of entertainment. I mean, that's that's the thing you got to remember: sports are entertainment for a lot of people, um, especially minor league sports, which is kind of the Savannah Bananas would be. Um, and they've really carved out an amazing niche. They really have. I've I've spent time doing deep dives on what they've done and their marketing is really impressive. And the way they've cut through into the mainstream is not easy to do. It's like really hard to do. And having spent as much time as I did in the minor leagues to see something like that, um, cut through the noise is really impressive. They've got the secret sauce. I don't know exactly how they've done it. Um, but the fact that they tour like the globe trotters and they're always playing the same team. I think the party animals, very globe trotters, generals esque. Um, it's a show. It's a show, and they've been successful. And I think um, they've probably only scratched the surface of it. To be honest with you, I think they'll be more successful potentially moving um, moving forward with it. Yeah, I, Chad, I, I saw that they played Nelson or and they have huge crowds wherever they go. Like they're doing this world tour. It used to only be like in Savannah. They used to be used to be a team in a in a I forget wooden bat league, a collegiate wooden bat. League. I don't even know who's on this team or where these players are coming from. But they're essentially entertainers and performers that also like double as uh, as baseball players. And the, the rules are fascinating. And if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. And the games can't take longer than two hours. Um, it's interesting. It really is. It's really um, interesting. So a couple of takes here on. Um, let me just sneak in a couple of more takes that are coming in on the Padres. Like AB that says, Kim should be traded at his peak here. That's what smart GM would do anyway. The issue with doing something like that is don't you need him in 2024? Like, is there really any reason to believe that he's going to be discernibly worse in 2024? Now, I understand that maybe you get something for him that impacts you in 2025, but aren't you trying to win in 2024? If you're trying to win in 2024 then you shouldn't be moving players like Hassan Kim and Juan Soto. I don't think it helps you win in the short term. And I'm not as concerned about the long term, but if we're trying to win in 2024 and maybe we can argue if that's feasible or possible, then I'm trying to win with Hassan Kim. He plays multiple positions. Machado is always injured. He can play third, right? So I don't have any strong reason other than he has high trade value to move him. But that's not where I am as an organization today. I might be there in July of next year if I'm 40 and 55. But what if I'm 55 and 40? Then I want Hassan Camp and I want Juan Soto is the way I look at it. Um, Albert says that the Pedro Avala signing was a stroke of genius by A.J. Preller. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he's had a great year. He's had a great year. I don't know if another is the right word based on the season that they, they've had. And Preller's had his moments. Um But, you know, I don't know if it's a – it's been a very good year for Avila, to your point. It's been a very good year, but unfortunately it's been a very bad year for the team. Um, Hold on. A couple of more things I'm just uh, trying to get through right now. Why this – see, okay, great friends. Thank you. A um, couple of things come to mind. A couple of things. A, nothing to play for. All right. So not pressing. B, weather has been, again, I get it. It's been warm in July, August, and September, but September is one of the three months in which it has been warm. They've played day games, 340 yesterday, uh, day game this past weekend, day game tomorrow. So what, three of the last Four games, including tomorrow, will be day games. I think if you look at that historically at Petco Park, there's night and day differences, no pun intended, um, with the way the ball travels during the day. Um, so we'll see. But there's no, and, and honestly, they have home run hitters. It's not just ballpark factors that impact home runs being hit in a ballpark, if that makes sense. So good hitters can hit in all parks, even if it's not easy to hit in all parks. Obviously, Petco is not a good hitting park. Everyone knows that. There's a million theories on it from marine layer to batter's eye to ballpark dimensions to wind blowing in to everything right everyone understands it to cool night air the first three months of the season but even bad home run yards don't mean that it's you can't hit home runs all season long there's still going to be discrepancies there's going to be outliers there's going to be moments there's going to be series there's going to be weeks so i think we're in it and we know that we know this we know what's going to happen next april they're going to struggle to hit it home Next July, they'll hit it home. Um, What do they do in between will be interesting, but they got to find out a way to not have Petco Park impact them mentally as much as it does because it's a huge story. It is a huge story, Um, especially when the Padres aren't winning and especially when the Padres aren't playing good baseball in general. It really is. Um, No, he did not. He absolutely did not. Um, I wouldn't have done it, but he did not ruin Salas' career. Um, his last 18 games, though, in advanced day and double A, were bad. Um, combined OPS under 500. I don't know why they did it. He should probably start next year in advanced day, not double A. It makes no sense to do what they're doing right here. There is no need to rush this kid. None. He will have no impact on you in 2024 in the major leagues and likely no impact on you in terms of like a real impact. He might appear in the major leagues. In 2025 but you're not asking this player to make 75 starts for you in 2025 and carry the workload it's just sorry that's not happening so i say develop him properly give him the plate appearances give him the time um allow him to learn the nuances of professional baseball which change based on the level in which you're playing at uh, allow him to develop as a backstop as well not just as a hitter and let him like mentally develop like any 17 year old in the history of the world needs to do as well there's no hurry here. There's no rush. Take your time. But no, I don't think they've ruined him. I really don't. Thank you. Appreciate you saying that really do really do. Um, we're not going anywhere. We have content for you in the off season as well. So still a couple of weeks to go and then an off season to discuss what happens next for the Padres. Um, I don't know anything about this Anthony, No idea. I don't know how that works. But I'm assuming with his professional baseball career, um, he has some type of exemption or waiver because he's already, what, 27 years of age? He's played professionally either in Korea or in the big leagues now for the better part of the last decade, right? I mean, I don't know how many years, but he's played professionally for at least five, six, seven years at this point. And I agree with you, Albert. Now they got to keep him healthy. And that's been an issue. But I agree. I don't know if Gary Sanchez will be here. Sanchez might be able to get two years off this year with someone else. I don't know if he can replicate what he did here either. Um, Would you take him on a a low risk deal? Yes. But I think Luis Campisano has got to get more playing time. He should be playing every single day right now, right? With the season essentially over. With you trying to find out who's your catcher of the future. with You trying, you got to play young guys right now. You got to give guys opportunities. I get it. I'm all for Manny Machado, Sandra Bogarts. I mean, you need these players too, but... Once this thing is over, if someone's not 100% healthy, put them on the IL, give someone 10, 20, 30, 40 plate appearances because that's experience that matters at the big league level that you can't really, you know, replicate or mirror at another another level. Is the way I see it. Um, okay, while well, we have a moment guys, I do want to remind you about our partner here on the wrap up show, our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Do you know guys, We are two days away from the return of the National Football League Thursday Night Football, and we have an offer for you. If you use promo code PODSWRAP, P A D S W R A P, you're going to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You heard me right. If you use promo code PODSWRAP, P A D S W R A P, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You don't have to deposit $100. Any deposit of $10 or more is matched. By using promo code PODS WRAP, click the link in the description down below or go to underdogfantasy.com. They've got tournaments going on right now with millions in prizes. Best Ball Mania 4 has 15 million in prizes. Tons of tournaments going on right now with the NFL season about to get underway. They have drafts starting at $3 per draft. MLB drafts going on for tomorrow's MLB action starting at $3 as well. Here's the thing. You draft or auto draft, they take care of the rest. There are no waivers. There are no trades. They set your lineup. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. In addition to that, you can play the pick'ems. I just realized this isn't on the screen. My bad. The pick'ems. They're literally giving you a half win because you just pick higher or lower on Patrick Mahomes to have higher than a half total yard throwing. I think he will throw for one yard on Thursday night against the Detroit Lions, even though they have a good defense. I trust he's going to throw for one or more yard. If he does, you pair that with anything else, and you can win. Pick'ems. Simple higher or lowers. You can choose another NFL game, or here's the thing. You can choose, choose an MLB game. But I'm going to choose C.J. Stroud in his debut at Baltimore lower than 213.5 passing yards. If that hits, your 20 bucks pays 60 and they're giving you half of that with Mahomes. So you get the 100% deposit match by using promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. You get the free winner with Mahomes and just pair it with something else and turn your 20 bucks into 60 bucks like that right now at underdogfantasy.com. All right, guys, that'll probably do it. Yeah, I know, James, I'm an idiot. I'm not good with this stuff for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't. trying to see if i missed anything here late in the chat i see a super just rolled in i'll get to in one second all right let me get to this from uh, jd gacho says uh next time you're in philly go to 20th street pizza i ate there in 2021 first time i ever had a vegan pizza it was amazing all right nice tidbit jd gacho i have it has been a while i'm actually going to be there in october for um what's called an unveiling a year after a funeral but um i will be there in october um i don't know if i will be in the city though i'm there just briefly in the suburbs so but i appreciate that i do i really do uh yeah at least we fixed the mic to your point at least we fixed the mic um okay Guys, I appreciate it. Again, if you're here, please subscribe. You're on content for Padres fans. Would appreciate it if you subscribe to our brand new John and Jim channel as well by clicking the link in the description down below. We've got daily Padres content for you there um, each and every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m., including tomorrow right here on YouTube, also on San Diego Sports 760. Smash the like button for me. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Thank you guys for the super thanks. Really do appreciate those. Saw one or two rolled in yesterday. So if you're here on replay, uh, if you support our work, thank you for those super thanks. really does mean a lot. Please support our partners, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. If you have any insurance need, you know who to call. It's Mark. He's our title sponsor. He is a great, great insurance agent. He's got great service and communication. If you have, uh, if you want to get healthier, Organic. their co-founder, Will, is also a San Diegan, like Mark. Check him out. Get healthier at ORA.organic. And again, football season is here. Underdogfantasy.com is the place to be playing the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, use promo code app That is P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, 100% deposit match up to $100. Rich, I think so. With the 110 start, we'll see. Let's see how the game goes. I believe I'm going to do it. Jim's supposed to be back tomorrow night. You know whole bail. Oh, it's been a long week. I've been away. I was at Wawa. I went to Philadelphia i aaron's tired i'll be back friday so the plan is yes the plan is yes especially with no game on thursday i think the plan right now um the plan is is yes pedro just for you just for you you're going in timeout for the second time tonight man pedro timeout coming all right, guys. Appreciate it. Back tomorrow, John and Jim, three to six, uh, talking Padres baseball, uh, recapping Game Three of the series. It'll be over by the time we get to the second hour of the show. We'll hear from Bob Melvin post game, and then we'll have a wrap up show for you tomorrow night. Thanks for hanging out. Padres win tonight, eight nothing over the Phillies. This has been the wrap up show.